Entrepreneur on Fire 648. Mix a little inspiration with perspiration and a dash of Entrepreneur on Fire. Now you have the ingredients to success. Here's the master chef, John Lee Dumas. Hiring? With ZipRecruiter, you can post to 50-plus job sites, including social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Post a free job at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Behind fear and lack of confidence, design projects are what I see hold entrepreneurs back most. Luckily, 99designs can help. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services free. The countdown has commenced. John Lee Dumas here, and I am fired up to bring you our feature guest today, Dave Ortiz. Dave, are you prepared to ignite? I am definitely ready to ignite, John. Yes. (laughs) Dave is the (laughs) co-founder of Nextdoor Design and Manufacturing, a sourcing company that focuses on supporting small businesses manufacturing in China. Nextdoor provides product development and manufacturing resources to design-driven brands so they can focus on what they do best, marketing and selling. Dave, I've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute. Tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you, and then give us an overview of your biz. Sure. Thanks, John. Well, I live in New York City, and I have a wonderful wife and two children, two small children, a two-and-a-half-year-old girl and a three-month-old boy. And uh, I graduated from Boston University with a degree in manufacturing engineering. The Terriers. Been, that's right. <laughs> the good old Terriers, the fearful Terriers. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, I've been uh, helping people make products over in China for about 15 years now. I've worked for three different startups, third of which is Nextdoor, which I co-founded about seven years ago. And what we do is we like to bring designers' vision to life by uh, sourcing and managing their product development over in China. Well, Dave, we're really going to do a deep dive into this because we don't get a ton of people that really focus on this type of the entrepreneurship world. And it's a fascinating people to many, especially those that also listen to Tropical MBA, where Dan and Ian are just out there in Bali and Vietnam or wherever the heck they travel to next. And they're manufacturing stuff out there. And a lot of people are like, well, can I do this from the US? Can I do this from Canada? Can I do this from X, Y, and Z? So it's really going to be cool to do a deep dive into your company to see exactly what you bring to the table. But before we do that, Dave, and you being a Entrepreneur on Fire listener, truly part of Fire Nation on your daily commute in the subways of New York City, you know what's coming next, my friend. It's a success quote to get that motivational ball rolling. So Dave, take it away. Sure. Well, as you said, you know, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and I've heard a lot of great quotes. So I want to come with something that was a little different. And I actually just heard this a few weeks ago. It was used by uh, Greg Popovich, who's the coach of the uh, world champion San Antonio Spurs. And uh, it's actually a quote by Jacob Reese, who's a philosopher. And uh, Greg Popovich has this posted on the hallway uh, on the way to the locker room. And it's a little long, but it goes like this. When nothing seems to help, I go look at a stone cutter hammering away at his rock perhaps a hundred times without as much as a crack showing in it. Yet at the hundred and first blow, it will split in two. And I know it was not that blow that did it, but all the blows that come before. 
And so I just think visually, you know, people can imagine that and it just resonates so much with me because, you know, it's all about taking action, but sustained action over a period of time, which is just so important. And so, you know, when I heard that quote, I could just visualize the stone cutter over and over and just visualize myself in my business, just sort of pounding away, believing in something, hammering away at something. And then over the course of time, finally, you know, getting that client or getting that order, but just understanding that it was the months that I put in prior to that, that really got me to the point where I had that success. Such a key takeaway and an important mindset shift, Dave, for entrepreneurs and Fire Nation specifically to really absorb. And whenever this topic comes up, I just have to recommend these two books. And I'm sure you've heard me recommend them before, Dave, because it goes right along with this philosophy. And that's The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson and The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And Jeff Olson was actually the mentor of Darren Hardy. And that, that's why the books just build off each other so well. But it talks, Dave, about every single day doing the little things right, just chipping away at the little things every single day. And that compound effect will give you a slight edge initially, but over time will be enormous the results that you see. Because the reality is, Dave, what's easy to do is also easy not to do. And the sad reality is because it's easy not to do it, most entrepreneurs don't. So I love that analogy. I love the vision that that brings. And I really want to bring that vision that you brought with that success quote of somebody chipping away literally at a stone to your journey, Dave, to your entrepreneurial journey. You know I love stories and I really force people to take us there with them, to really have us be there with you during that moment in time. And this time, it's a failure, Dave. It's a time that you just fell flat on your face. And I want you to share that story, Dave, and the lessons you learned. Sure. Well, you know, I mean, there are so many ups and downs when you, you run a company. And uh, with this one, I really had to think about something that uh, I didn't want to think about. <laughs> and the failure came, I think, you know, on the premise of starting our company next door. Uh, when we started the company, uh, I started with a co-founder of mine who I was working with at a previous company. And we basically started next door doing the same thing we were doing at a previous company, which was selling uh, or designing promotional products to the pharmaceutical market. And at that time, it was about seven, eight years ago, it was a huge market. It was, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars were being spent on these promotional items that were giving, being given away to doctors and coming in all forms, shapes and sizes. You've probably right. seen the pens, the tissue boxes, all that stuff that sort of used to litter the, the doctor's office. And so, you know, when we started next door, we just thought that we were just going to, you know, sell to our existing customers who we knew, use the vendors who we had in China, and it would be 10 less people. <laughs> so we would just profit, you know, <laughs> the excess money and that would be the end of the day. And so we did that and we actually did it pretty well for about a year and a half or so. But then after about a couple of years, we started hearing these rumblings about how pharmaceutical companies were getting pressured by Congress to stop marketing doctors. And, you know, as you can imagine, it's a highly regulated area of pharmaceuticals. So what the companies decided to do to sort of avoid congressional pressure, they decided they were just going to stop selling or buying promotional products at all and stop, stop giving them away. And so about two years into our, into next door, uh, 90% of our business just evaporated. 
And at that moment, you know, I, I just said to myself, I just said, I cannot believe that this is happening. And, you know, we only had a few thousand dollars left in the company. And I was thinking about getting a second job and just sort of like bridging the gap to where we can get to another, another place. Because I knew in my heart that, you know, we were, we were, we were going to be successful at some point, but it was such a crushing blow to just have 90% of your business just evaporate almost overnight. And so, um, you know, I think that was just a point in my life where I just really felt like a failure. So Dave, I remember this time period incredibly well because I actually had some very close friends in college who were pharmaceutical sales reps. I mean, they were the ones that were hitting the streets and actually a couple of them right down there where you are in New York City walking up and down the east and west side and just making it in and dropping off incredibly expensive gifts and souvenirs and taking out doctors to lavish dinners. I mean, it was pretty out of control and even they will admit it for some period of time. So those regulations did come down and everything changed. Your ball game changed. All of a sudden, you're playing one game and what happened? The rules literally changed. And that's one thing that I really want you to think about, Fire Nation, and why we always talk here about why it's so important to own the race course, to own your game, to own your audience. And you do that through emails, through collecting emails and bringing people to your platform, your website. That is what you actually own. Facebook, Twitter, they are great mediums to use to grow your audience, but those games are changing all the time. And as somebody that uses Facebook often myself for advertising, et cetera, I can tell you they change the game at a moment's notice and it throws everything for a loop. So what Dave experienced is something we're always going to experience as entrepreneurs. And that's my biggest takeaway, Dave, is to really put yourself in a situation to control the game as much as you can. You're never going to be able to be in complete control, never, but as much as you can. What do you want Fire Nation to walk away with from that failure moment in your life? Yeah, no, I totally agree with what you're saying, but I think even more than that, I mean, you have to really understand, I mean, I think there's two things. You have to understand the value you're bringing to the table. And I think while you know, when we were doing this, people were spending a lot of money on what we were doing and valuing it. At the end of the day, they were just being given away to doctors for free. And they could have ended up in the trash for all they cared. It didn't really matter. And so that's one thing where, you know, while I, I think, you know, you say it very well, like, don't be a man of, of success, be a man of value. The Einstein right. quote. And I think, you know, we were just going there thinking, okay, everybody else is making money. We're going to make money too if we just do X, Y, and Z. And like, that's going to be it. So we didn't really think about the value that we were bringing to the table or that was being translated by the products we were, give, we were giving out or making. We were just looking at the dollar signs. And I think to your point about games changing, you know, those things are a little bit hard to control. Yep. But I think you, you should always try to hedge wherever you can. And I think, you know, in the world of promotional products, which we still, still do a lot of business in, we just try to diversify the markets a bit because, you know, right now the beverage market is very hot, but that could change very easily. Maybe it goes to the banking market or, or whatever. So I think, you know, being diversified is also very important as well. Absolutely, because you use that number, 90% evaporating, and that's always a scary place to be in, that you have a business that 90% can literally evaporate overnight. And even to speak to your point as well, Dave, where you said, you know, you thought that you could just go after this market right now because the money was being made there. You know, that's that sprinting mentality, Fire Nation, where you're chasing 
the dollars for success. You're not chasing or you're not just settling in for the marathon of providing value like our good friend Albert Einstein loves to say in that quote. So Dave, amazing story uh, that you share with us. That's exactly what we're looking for and the takeaway is so important for every entrepreneur and Fire Nation is absorbing every bit of this right now, no doubt. So now let's go to the other end of the spectrum and let's talk about you, Dave Ortiz, having this light bulb that goes off at some point in your entrepreneurial journey. What was that moment in time, Dave? And what steps did you take to turn that idea into success? Yeah, you know, I think this is a little different for me as well. Uh, the aha moment for me actually came at that other company I was working with. And it was really a result of the company sort of, I don't want to say imploding, but in the end, it, it kind of imploded. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say imploding, so, but it imploded. <laughs> and, you know, and it was just really a personal aha moment. It, was, it had nothing to do with an idea or anything like that. But Basically, what happened was the company grew very quickly, and uh, it became very top-heavy. There were three owners, a lot of management, and two of the owners ended up getting fired by the third owner, who was a a silent owner, who really didn't want to have anything to do with it, but it just got to the point where everybody was getting very greedy and had their hands out. And so here's me, operations manager, the guy that's there every single day, just sort of, you know, making things work without any management and sitting in the corner office is uh, the owner, the money guy who actually had sold a business to Dan Snyder previously to this. So for him, this was just sort of like, you know, I'm going to throw some money at this company and I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm not going to work anymore. Um, And then all of a sudden he's in the corner office trying to figure out like, how do we keep this thing going? And at that moment, a lot of the vendors I was working with knew what was going on and they were sort of encouraging me to, to do my own thing, saying, you know, we'll support you, you know, all the customers, you know, to, to, uh, to make the products and the salespeople and yada, yada. And I just never really thought of myself as somebody starting a company. I was always, uh, you know, I was an engineer. I was always an operations guy. And it just always made things work, I guess. And so I said to myself, well, you know, I'll continue doing this, but there's a lot of overhead that's gone and I'm only making this much. I should be making a little bit more if I'm going to keep doing this. And one day I just uh, set up a meeting with uh, the owner of the company at the time and did a little research and basically just went in and asked for a $30,000 raise. And I just said to myself, this is what I deserve and this is what I'm doing and I don't see why it can't happen. And the very next day, he emailed me and said, okay, we're going to do this for you. And that light bulb went off and I just said to myself, you know, maybe starting a company isn't about figuring everything out up front and having a plan. It's just about seizing the opportunity that's in front of you and just taking it one step at a time. And so I just said, you know, if I can ask for a raise from somebody who sold a company to Dan Snyder for $30 million, why can't I ask a customer for a purchase order? Or why can't I ask a salesperson to come work with me? So it just really like just encouraged me and that light bulb went off and just, I sort of, changed my frame of reference from, you know, thinking about the company and thinking about the journey of starting a company to just like focusing on what's in front of you and, and seizing the moment when it's there. 
I mean, Dave, let's face it. Perception is oftentimes reality. And if we perceive ourselves consciously or even subconsciously as somebody that can't ask that big question, that can't ask for that big raise or for that sales manager to come join you or for that big purchase order, then that's the reality. But if you're just able to break down that first wall, to just push that first domino over, then the results can be fantastic. And that first domino for you has now led down the string of successes to bring you to where you are today. So that's kind of the lesson that I'm pulling out of that, David. And I'd love for you to share with us, with Fire Nation, what is one takeaway that we, Fire Nation, can implement into our lives from that aha moment? Yeah, I think it's just break everything down to opportunities that you can execute immediately or, you know, break it down to small parts. But also, you know, when there are opportunities, I think it's, I think it's more know your value. I mean, at that point, I definitely was worth more than I was getting paid. And for me, what I still carry with me today is, you know, everything in business is situational. And the key is really understanding your value at that moment in time and just making the most out of it. So whether that's getting a purchase order or whether that's hiring somebody or even if it's just, you know, training your employees and just ha- having their attention at that moment, you know, just breaking breaking the whole process down of building a company into these small little bits and understanding what your value is at any given time. It's just it's just so important to have your hand on that pulse. Dave, actually, our featured guest yesterday, Phil Drolet of World Class Entrepreneur, said something that really resonated with me, and I'm going to share it here, and that's that courage and inspiration are perishable. And so for me, what that means, Dave, is that when you had that inspirational moment to ask for that raise, that was a, perish- that was a perishable moment in time. If you had just let that string out for weeks and weeks and months and months, it may not have happened. So... Fire Nation, when you are seized with these moments of inspiration and courage, utilize it and take action because that feeling could very well be perishable. And Dave, I'd like to talk now about another moment in your journey, specifically your proudest entrepreneurial moment. Take us there and share with us what that looked like. This one is a little bit easier. It was definitely when we brought on our Chinese partner that uh, ended up opening our office, our wholly owned office in Guangzhou. And uh, I think, well, what happened was we had been talking to several people uh, over in Asia, trying to bring them in as as an investor, an an active investor, meaning that they were going to open up an office with us, but also uh, bringing in money. And, uh, you know, we had talked to one person for about three or four months, went over to China, thought it was going in the right direction. And at the end of of it, he just decided not to to partner with us because the numbers we were showing him just didn't really stand out to him. They weren't exciting enough. They weren't uh, compelling enough. You know, the yield wasn't there. And so, you know, again, as an engineer and just sort of being like an honest guy and being straightforward, I wasn't going to just sort of make up numbers and you know, just sort of lead this guy down a path that I didn't think we could go down. But I thought the numbers were pretty solid. So I was a little disappointed in that. And I was sort of questioning myself saying, you know, maybe I should have put the full court press on a little bit harder. Um, I don't know. And then after that happened, we were introduced to somebody else who was actually a friend of a friend from uh, Boston University. And uh, the same thing happened. He worked with us for several months. We went over to China. He came here. 
And at the end, he came to us and he said, you know, I want to work with you guys. And I said, great. And he made a substantial investment. And then he said, you know, it's not really about the numbers you guys are showing me or, you know, even really what you're doing right now. He's like, I just have seen you guys work for the past four months and I believe in you guys as people and as businessmen and I want to work with you. And so, you know, for me, that was validation that even though at that moment, you know, we had just lost 90% of our business and we were sort of in a tailspin, you know, somebody saw what we were doing, saw us as people as people who could be successful and we're investing in our future as people, as businessmen, as opposed to just like seeing something I threw up on an Excel spreadsheet. So that was just really validation that, you know, we were going in the right direction. And more importantly, it ended up being validated later where, you know, we now have 20 people over in Guangzhou, China, and he turned out to be the right partner for us. So, you know, it was just a really uh, great moment in our, in our journey. So, David, let's bring these moments to present times because, to be frank with you, I don't think Fire Nation still at this moment quite gets what Nextdoor is and what you do. So, take a minute, share with us exactly what you're all about, and then end by just sharing with us the one thing that has you most fired up today. Nextdoor, we're basically a sourcing and product development company, and we have an office in China, which is owned by our company here in the US. So a lot of companies work with partners in China that's a separate company. But this, these people over in China, they're actually on our payroll here. And we have quality control people, uh, development people, and so forth. And what we do is basically we try to partner with design-driven brands who uh, either are struggling with getting their product ready for mass production over in China, or they're looking to expand their product line because they have one great product that they've spent three years finding a great factory, getting off the ground, but then they want to leverage their brand and expand into other products. And so where we come in is we sort of fill that gap for them where, you know, they're focused on sales and marketing and they're great on the creative side and we're great on the execution and operational side. And we have uh, about 100 factories we work with in China. Several of them we have, we're partners with. And basically, we just help uh, bring their products to life. And you know, we, we walk them through the whole development process. Uh, we quote them mass production quantities. We do the freight forwarding. We do the importing, all that stuff. So they don't need to worry about all the headaches associated with manufacturing in China. They could just focus on innovating and continue to be creative and, and focusing on their marketing efforts. And Boom. so, uh, yeah, I mean, so I hope that explained it. Sure. And, uh, you know, what's really got me excited right now is, you know, the whole maker revolution. I know it's, it's about DIY and 3D printing. Everybody has these fantasies about, <laughs> you know, <laughs> making their own uh, kitchen appliances themselves and downloading drawings. I don't have to buy anything anymore. But for me, it's about innovation and just there are just so many tools out there for designers and I think what it's done is it's allowed so many more people to create products that never would have even been thought of. And for us, you know, we're, we're filling in that knowledge gap as far as, you know, people are able to design, uh, whether it's a 3D software or some other software, and now they're able to buy a 3D printer for $1,000 and make a prototype. But then, you know, getting that product to market, selling 10,000 of those, getting it made in China, all of those things we're able to help with and sort of fill that gap. And so, you know, it's just gotten me really excited that there are just so many more people out there that are designing great stuff. And so for me, like I just love executing their vision 
Well, Dave, I mean, you have some cool stuff going on. I love that you are in the business, so to speak, of helping others just execute their vision. I mean, that's something that's to be commended. And I know Fire Nation is already coming up with ideas about how they can execute their visions through help with companies like yours, Dave. And this is just a perfect moment for us to go into the lightning rounds. But before we do, Dave, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. I talk about branding a lot. It's a term that gets thrown around by all types of people, and you may be wondering what all the gab is about. What is branding anyway? In a nutshell, it's the set of perceptions that people have about your company. You need branding to create a human connection with your audience. Design is key in communicating your brand and standing out from the competition. But what options are available to business owners with little to spend on design? Many have turned to online marketplaces like 99designs to help build their brand on a budget. Startups get maximum creativity with 99designs contest model where dozens of designers compete to deliver the best design. You'll get to be involved in the process and walk away with a logo, website, or other design that truly represents your brand. See for yourself. It only takes a week to get a design and you're guaranteed to love it. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services for free today. Ready to start building your team? That's exciting stuff. Ah, I see. You're wondering where the best place to post your job so you can find the best candidates without having to manage multiple postings. I know just the place. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 50 plus job sites and to social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Just post once and watch qualified candidates in your city and industry roll into ZipRecruiter's easy to use interface. Sounds pretty efficient, doesn't it? And that's because it is. And you and I both know that efficiency is the key when running your own business. Start growing your team, maximizing your time, and putting the right systems in place today with the help of ZipRecruiter.com. Try ZipRecruiter to find out why they've been using over a hundred thousand businesses. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com/fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com/fire. And again, to try ZipRecruiter for free, you must go to ZipRecruiter.com/fire. Dave, welcome to the lightning rounds, where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Yeah, sounds great. Let's yes. do it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? You say it so well. I think it was <laughs> the imposter syndrome, and you hit on it already. Uh, you know, as an engineer, I actually took a class where the professor drew out a chart, and basically his vision was you get a job, you start making 45000 a year, you you know, get a five ten percent raise a year. You contribute a certain amount to a four hundred one k plan, and at the end, when you, when you retire, you have a million dollars saved for retirement. And for me, as a college kid, I was like, "Wow, sign me up! This sounds great." <laughs> and so, you know, that was always sort of like the goal or you know the vision. And uh, I just never even really thought about becoming an entrepreneur. Just never even really crossed my mind. I was always saying, why don't I just make a million dollars right now and save all of that compounding interest? (laughs) So Dave, what is the best advice besides what I just gave you that you have ever received? Yeah. So this advice is specific, may sound specific to our business, but I think it could be applied to anybody. And uh, it was- You say it and I'm going to apply it to some other business just to prove that it can be done. (laughs) 
So uh, one of the uh, first companies I was working with over in China, uh, the owner of the company made a lot of different things. And he told me a story about how he was always trying to sell watches to a buyer in Europe. And he had been visiting this buyer over the course of several years, had a personal relationship. And finally, the buyer said, Raymond, this is calling Raymond, the only three ways I'm going to buy a product from you is if one, you offer me something I can't get anywhere else. Two, you offer me a price substantially lower than what I'm currently getting. Or three, if the person I'm buying them from right now can't deliver on what they promised. And I think those three things just sum up really the value proposition or the value you need to think about your offering at any given time. It just, it works so well with what we do as sort of like a business to business product company. But I really think you could apply it elsewhere. Oh yeah, I'm actually not even going to try because you can literally apply that to every situation any entrepreneur is going to face because that's what it's all about, Dave. It's about finding that USP, that unique selling proposition, doing it differently, adding your personality, delivering on your promises. That's what being an entrepreneur is all about, Fire Nation. And Dave, you specifically, share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. Honestly, I had listening to Entrepreneur on Fire. And uh, <laughs> I'm not just kissing your butt here. It's just, uh, it's a, it's a great resource, but I think in general, you know, as an entrepreneur, being a small business owner, you need to find resources because you're in a bubble a lot of times and you're working a lot. People love to network. I would love to do more networking, but I just think having resources like Entrepreneur on Fire or other podcasts, other things like that, that can really get you motivated and also bring some knowledge to the table is, is huge. Dave Ortiz, you are one of my top 648 guests that I've ever had on Entrepreneur on Fire for that incredibly kind <laughs> habit that you have. <laughs> That's all it took, huh? <laughs> so share an internet resource, Dave, that you are just in love with, like an Evernote, that you can share with our listeners. We love Basecamp. Yeah. which was previously 37 signals. We use it for all of our project management and it works great in China, which is huge because as you know, Google does not work so well. And so, uh, but Basecamp is just very easy to use, but it's very powerful. Um, it's a great project management platform. Yeah, it's pretty cool now too, knowing that not only has 37 signals changed their company's name to Basecamp, but they've taken all their resources. They used to be applying elsewhere, like to high rise and to whatever else they had going on. And now they're just putting almost all of their resources, in my understanding, into Basecamp. Is that right? Right, exactly. That's cool. Yeah, so we're excited about that. Yeah. Well, Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything else that we've been chatting about in today's episode at eofire.com slash Dave. Ortiz. And Dave, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be? You know, it's going to be The Millionaire Next Door. And not because Next Door is in the name, but that was actually the reason why it was given to me. <laughs> My assistant gave it to me and she didn't really know what it was about. And she's like, oh, I thought this would be cool to have Next Door in it. And I read it <laughs> and it's, it was actually just so mind-blowing. So mind-blowing. Uh, you know, they studied millionaires over the course of 20 years and you know, to me, the most exciting part was that the number one career path that uh, had the most millionaires were people that were self-employed. So uh, I'm not going to give everything away, but it's, it's a great book. 
Yeah, and it's actually, I mean, it's one of those books that has changed and shaped the lives of an incredible amount of entrepreneurs, just like Think and Grow Rich, which is kind of funny that she didn't even really realize like the power of that book. It was kind of given more for the next door name. And Fire Nation, I know that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audio book just like this one for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Dave... You know what's coming, buddy. It's the last question of the lightning round, and it's a. It's going to let you fill in the blank there. Doozy. <laughs> I was checking my connection. I was like, whoa, what happened? Here? It's a doozy. <laughs> Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What do you do in the next seven days? <laughs> you know, John, I think I'm going to be a contrarian to this, to this question cool. to a certain degree. Love contrarians. And I hope you don't hate it, but <laughs> on, I was just racking my brain. I've heard so many good answers, but in my business and for what I do, I think number one, building your network is so important. So I was thinking about how would I do that? And going to coffee shops is great and it's fun and going to bars. Like I would love to do that. But for me, like I've done that and it's so hard for me to find people to network with, with what I do. I would probably just try to get a job with the experience I had because, you know, not only are you getting paid, but it's free resources, it's free networking and it's within the market that you know. And you know, one piece of advice I got from one of my professors is the best time to look for a job is when you have a job. So for me, you know, I would do all of those networking things, but I would also look around and see if I could get a job somewhere, hold on to the $500. And then after about six months, a year or whatever, when I had established a network, then I would just try to do something on my own or just partner with somebody. I do not hate that answer in any way, shape and form. If personally I was to tweak something about it, it would even be a little bit more like this because the reality is, Dave, is that you have your food and shelter covered. You do have $500, but I mean, once your food and shelter is covered, I mean, you don't really need more dollars at that point to get by. So I think you could really speed up that six month to a year process by becoming an apprentice and just going to that one person in the industry who you are like, I want to be you in six months and I am going to, for nothing, just provide you incredible value. Just let me learn from you and let me get value from you. And I think you'd be a lot more likely to be able to get that exact person who would be perfect for you in that situation because, again, you're just offering value for free instead of being like, oh, and by the way, I want a paycheck and health insurance and care. and So just a thought, but I do actually really like your answer because I love the idea of being an apprentice, of actually doing the work before you actually go off on your own to do the work. So, Dave, thank you for being so incredibly inspiring and honest. And I'm sure you pictured yourself in the subway about 10 times today while I was talking, thinking like, wait, am I listening or am I on the show? Like, what's going on? (laughs) Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance. Share the best way that we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. I would just say, again, take action, but take sustained action. Have patience and believe in what you're doing and just take that sustained action. Uh, The best way to get in touch with me is probably just by email. You can email me at dave at nextdoornyc, like newyorkcity.com. 
Boom. Well, Dave, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything of value that we've been chatting about in today's episode at eofire.com. Type Dave into the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up, Fire Nation. And Dave, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks so much, Don. Fire Nation, looking for ways to increase your email list and establish your authority in your niche? Join me for our free live webinar where we share how you can create and present a webinar that converts. Visit webinaronfire.com to grab your spot today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 